Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, here we are, and uh, we should start every show, Linda, by saying, guess where we are. <laughs> we have been on the road in the sky everywhere this week. We are in New York City, the Big Apple, for many reasons. Many reasons. Most important among them are our little granddaughter, Zara, three years old, and our little grandson, Dean, one-year-old, little New York kids. And I wanted to have them on the show today. I thought they'd be hilarious, but Linda vetoed that. (laughs) They are hilarious, I have to say, but I don't know how hilarious you would think. If you can't see that little three-year-old with curls just bunking out her head and running around and with the little purple glasses. She is adorable. We've also had... Well, our... I, the reason I wanted her on the show is she's, she has such a, a giggle. Her giggle is like it's motorized. It just go, goes on and on, and one thing leads to another. It's like spiels of giggling laughter every time I tickle her. And I don't see why I couldn't have her on, Linda, because that's predictable. You know, she can't help it. She just has to giggle, and all I wanted to have her do is giggle on the show so why'd you say no oh you know what happens when you have to <laughs> giggle you can't um anyway it really has been a great week because we have a daughter who lives in boston and she has four great kids and they drove down and we have a daughter who just flew over from london our baby daughter charity uh with their new baby her husband ian came along by the way that's our baby our baby charity now has a baby and that. I don't know if any of you grandparents listening have the same sensation I do, but I I didn't mind it when I turned 60. I didn't even mind it when I turned 65. Don't say anything else, Linda. All right. But but when I had a child turn 40 and when I had my littlest, youngest child have a baby of her own, then I started looking at myself in a slightly different light in the mirror and acknowledging the reality that was there before me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It happens to all of us, but it's such a fun part of life, especially because you're totally inundated with kids for, you know, several days. Some of you have them living on the same block, so it's every day, all day, which is really fun, but we also think it's fun to send them home. (laughs) When we're exhausted, and when we visit our grandkids, it's like a it's like a quick strike. It's like go in, spend twenty four hours a day with them for a few days, get completely exhausted, and then bail out like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. Well, I don't know whether you without call that a lucky. parachute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know whether you call that lucky or uh, I don't know a fortunate or unfortunate because so many of you have kids that are living close to you and give anything to have them move down the street. And um, others are glad to visit. Uh, we love to go visit and take care of the kids for a while, send their parents away. That's when you really learn about them. Now, I know some of you, because I hear from listeners who say, hey, I look at the BYU radio website and I see the, the name of the show and I tune in and it takes a while before you start talking about what you're supposed to be talking about that day. So I better mention that our uh, our title of our show today is Serendipity in the City with Kids. And you might say, what in the world kind of a topic is that? But I, it allows us to get into some interesting things uh, as we go through the show about serendipity, about taking advantage of s- spontaneous moments with children, which is 
really a big key. And man, we have a lot to illustrate that uh, today. In fact, one reason I wanted little Zara on the show is we were in Central Park with the these grandkids the other day, and um, all of a sudden there was an enormous cloudburst. Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. In fact, Eli, our son who lives here, said, this happened the other day. I think you should walk under this roof. There's there's a, a little house there. Shakespeare Theater. Shakespeare yeah. And uh, he said, we better just step under this roof. And all of a sudden the heavens just opened, and my gosh, it just dumped. In fact, he said that there's more rain in New York than there is in Seattle during the year. I don't know if I can believe that, but he looked it up and that's what it said. Well, there was yesterday. And uh, the great thing about it was if you were um, a non-serendipity, would probably get under that roof and say, oh, heck, the rain has come. We can't do any of the things we planned to do. We're just going to have to sit here under the roof and waste time for an hour or two until the rain abates. But if you did that, you would not be thinking like a child, and you would not be thinking with serendipity or spontaneity, because, of course, what little kids do, and by the way, we had some older grandkids, say these kids from Boston, where we had an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old, and but it was actually little Zara, the 3-year-old, who was the leader, who realized that rain made things way more fun. And before you know it, all of them were out running around in the rain, just getting soaked to the skin, jumping up and down, finding the biggest puddle, soaked to the skin, to the bone. But it was warm. It was a warm rain. It was probably 75, 80 degrees. Yeah, it was really warm. And our little Dean, our 16-month-old, her, his mom is just so great. She just took all of his clothes off of him, except for his diaper, and he just ran out there. And it actually, Zara had all of her clothes on except for a pair of shorts. And she ran around there, and we, they were great entertainment for everyone else who oh, was yeah. under the eaves watching. There were a 100 other people under the eaves watching, and they got their money's worth on that show of spontaneity. And... Uh, Dean's diaper by the end, by the way, the one-year-old's diaper was sagging pretty low. <laughs> it was, and and we literally had to throw away Zara's dress by the end of the day. It had one tiny hole in it by the end of that ex- escapade. There were three or four pretty good-sized holes, and it was so filthy. And honestly, it just went on and on. We went to the park, and there were puddles all over, so Dean just laid flat on his Tommy and started sucking the water out of the puddle, which just gagged, <laughs> gagged you thinking about it. And uh, it really was a fun... Well, rain is clean, right? Rain's a clean thing. Yeah, but puddles aren't. Oh, true. I <laughs> it's guess pretty so. muddy. And the kids, the older kids got so much grit in their shoes that they could not wear their shoes the next day. <laughs> they could not. And so they had to walk to their car in bare feet. Honestly, it was a crazy day, but it was so fun. Which sort of leads to a larger lesson. You know, one of the one of the disconnects that we see <clears throat> a lot with um, children and parents is that the parents think one way and the kids think another way. And at first glance, you would say, well, I need to get those kids to think more like I do. Have a schedule, make a list, have a plan, carry out the plan, don't let anything get in your way, do what you plan to do, and check off all the boxes. And that's the way it goes <clears throat> mostly with mothers and um, who are trying to get a lot of things done in the meantime. 
and kids just have a different plan, especially little kids who you can't reason with very well. But, you know, I think we, we, we put the word serendipity in the title because it means so much to us. We're going to start on it before the break, and then we're really going to enlarge on it after the break because it makes your life so much more fun. And a lot easier in a lot of ways. So we're leading into it gently. We're going to give you a couple more examples from this week. So, so picture, if you will, this first one in Central Park. Now, what was our plan? Well, we were going to walk down to the boat basin and see the little sailboats, and we were going to walk over to the Bethesda Fountain and and see that, and we were going to stroll around, and, and that would have been fine, but would that have held a candle to this kaleidoscopic, wild, spontaneous dancing in the rain? By the way, they had a couple of little uh, umbrellas, which were totally useless, but which added to the sort of beauty, the color, a yellow one and a black one swinging these umbrellas. They were using them to catch water rather than to uh, get the water off. But uh, uh, picture in your mind these five kids, four Sadie's kids uh, from from 11 down to to five, and then little three-year-old Zara, little one-year-old Dean, just having a blast and, and, of course, when we get home, we say, well, what was the funnest thing? Oh, dancing in the rain. That was so awesome. That was what was so great. And and we'll remember that forever. And I don't think we would have if we just followed a little plan to stroll around the park on a nice sunny day. Oh, we probably should say that. Finally, it kind of let up. It didn't quit raining, but let up. So we decided we just would walk in the rain, too. By then, you know, we were damp. It was humid. We thought, we'll just walk in the rain so all the adults got out there and walked in the rain and it was so fun i mean we we're all soaked by the time we got home but hey. well we were actually going to the met to the metropolitan museum of art <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, we thought well we can't go in there we're, we're soaked to the skin but of course uh the kids i think it was the 11 year old had a great idea she said you know in the in the bathrooms there's really strong hand dryers, and if we can just go in there and kind of get under the dryers for a little bit and kind of rub our our heads and our, our hair and our clothes, we'll, we'll be dry enough that nobody will notice that we were soaked. Well, that's <laughs> kind of hard to get under those hand dryers. <laughs> well, not for a kid. You dry your elbows off and, you know, a few things. But anyway, by the time we got there, we were pretty much dried off, and... Uh, the mom with the two little kids were not about to go into the Metropolitan Museum of Art with those kids in that shape. So they walked around for a while. The older kids came in for a while. Um, Charity was there with her baby and met a friend who was driving from Philadelphia. It was just all, um, it was a really serendipity day. Now, let me let me give you another example. Um and this this is really an example of parents who can sort of adopt a serendipity attitude and save themselves from a lot of frustration and, and consternation. And I think our son Eli and his cute wife Julie are pretty darn good at that because when you live, number one, you got two little preschoolers, and number two, when you live in New York City where there's a lot of unpredictability, you've kind of got two choices. You can either roll with the punches and find some serendipity and some spontaneity, or you can drive yourself nuts every day trying to stay on an exact schedule so and do it. Yeah, exactly what you had planned. So <clears throat> we we're here partly because of the uh, U.S. Open, the tennis open, and because I have a new book called Tennis and Life that is being sold there at Flushing Meadows, where the where the tennis is. And so we were 
going out to the tennis each day and, and working with his book and so on. And then our son Eli came out with us yesterday. But there was also a Mets game. Uh, the New York Mets were playing the Washington Nationals, which is Eli's favorite team, and Zara's, by the way, if you say to three-year-old Zara. What baseball team do you like? She says, yay, Nationals, <laughs> because Eli's taught her that. And so the, uh, the the sort of structured thing to do would have been, well, we can't go with you because we've got these two little kids. But what they did is they put little Deanie down for the night and asked the neighbor right next door in their building to listen for him. And then they brought little Zara, the three-year-old, to the game, and we sat way up in the bleachers, and it was just awesome. It was a beautiful night, and Zara has an attention span of about 20, 25 seconds, so she would not get too interested in the game, but they brought a few books, and Grammy, who also has a very short attention span for baseball, ended up reading her children's books whenever she lost interest, serendipity. She is amazing when it comes to books. Her mother has read her so many books that she she can go from being wild to just settling down and listening to whatever you have to say if it's out of a book. So you get the idea, but let's take a brief break, and then we'll come back and talk in a little more, this is going to sound like uh, an oxymoron, but we'll talk in a little more structured way about how to get more serendipity in your family. Be right back. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We are. And um, we have been talking about our serendipitous. Is that a word? Um, that is. That's the adjective form, serendipitous. A trip to New York City where we've been meeting kids and going to the U.S. Open. And I guess we just have to mention that we just fell into some tickets for... Hamilton. And by now, many of you know what Hamilton is, the most popular show on Broadway right at the moment. And uh, the guy, the lead guy who was the, the creator and producer and the star has now left. So tickets are a little less expensive. And it was a Monday night. Lin-Manuel, he is awesome. It was a Monday night when everything is usually dark. And so we just lucked out, and we got a chance to see that. Many of our grandchildren, and probably many of yours, have that whole thing memorized. It's rap, and so somehow, because it rhymes, it's easier to memorize, and we are just blown away. They can just sit and do the whole thing with, I don't know, the whole thing, but lots of the songs. Well, I'm glad memory. you... I'm glad you brought that up, Linda, because in a way, it illustrates the, the sort of theme of this show which is sort of thinking outside the box, not always doing things the same way you planned or the same way that everyone else does them. So imagine this guy, Lin-Manuel, who'd written a Broadway hit already called In the Heights, another show that we liked. And now, uh, seven years ago, he happened to be at the White House and he was with the president and, and, and Mrs. Obama performing and, uh, they asked him to do an encore, and, and so he said, well, I'm working on something. I'll, I'll do a little number from it for you. And they said, well, what is it? And he said, well, I'm going to create a, a Broadway show about early American history, about the Founding Fathers, specifically about Alexander Hamilton, and it's all going to be in rap. <laughs> and I think the Obamas were like, you're what? 
Hello. Now, now, Did I hear that right? Now, who would do that? So, so, so how do you take such an off-the-wall, out-of-the-box idea and make it perhaps, arguably, the, the biggest Broadway hit in history where no one can get tickets for a year? I mean, it is absolutely crazy what people are paying to see this. I mean, we are pretty conservative, so we got some pretty, pretty good deal tickets, and we were up in the balcony. But we have to say that we're amazed. I mean, it was the audience was as exciting as the play because they all knew oh every word, and they were to cheer like they were at a football game. Well, a rock after concert every song. sounds like a rock concert, but 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 the, here's the upshot of it: is that kids all over the country are now learning American history with great interest who never had a clue before. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. We were at a retreat up in Colorado not too long ago. Um, it was a dude ranch, and these two girls, little girls, they were like 10 and 12, had just come from Hamilton, and they were on fire. It was like, I know all about that that place in American history now. I never knew it before, but I'll never forget it. And that is the thing. When you learn a song like that or a poem that rhymes... First of all, it's hard to get out of your mind. And number two, it doesn't leave you. I mean, it really does stick with you for, I don't know, maybe the rest of their lives. So let's tie that back into the theme for the day. I guess you could say, Linda, that uh, really creative people think a lot like children do. I mean, they're, they're creative. They're sort of unbound by convention. They're unbound by what everyone else does. They don't have to follow some formula. And I think that's how this incredible musical came about. But it's also how kids think and, and act. And if parents can, I mean, the irony is, is as parents, we're always trying to get our kids to think more like we do. We're saying, grow up, grow up. You know, we want them to sort of Quit behave yeah. Yeah, like, like little adult people. And, and instead, we ought to be doing the opposite. We ought to be saying, am I taking every opportunity I can to be a little more like kids. Now, if you're worried about convention or about sort of, um, you know, decorum or, or being, you know, adult, uh, you know, then you're in Central Park and the kids start jumping in the rain. Your, your mind can go through many processes. Oh, I wonder if I should do that. Oh, people will think I'm silly. Oh, people will wonder, why why is that woman letting her kids run around in the rain, doesn't she understand that that's not what you do in a park or maybe it'll get cold or whatever? I mean, all kind of things can go through your mind, but then your your other part of your brain might say, hey, I'm in Central Park and nobody here knows me and I'll never see any of these people again. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> or you might say, hey, look at the delight in these kids' faces. Have any of you ever had the experience where you've 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 uh, been in a situation with your kids where you weren't too happy about it, but you took some pictures and you looked at the pictures later and you suddenly realized the joy and delight that was on your kids' faces. And you're like, why didn't I just participate in that joy? It's like I remember many years ago on this rain theme, I I was walking home. It was raining a little and there was a dad with his little son and the little son stepped in a puddle. And and I thought, oh, that dad's going to grab him and, and, you know, get after him for ruining his shoes or whatever. And I watched this wonderful dad who I don't know, never met him before or since, but I watched this dad take off his sho- the little boy's shoes and then take off his own shoes, and they both stomped in the puddle. And I thought, there's a serendipity dad. You know, it is really amazing. We've been talking about this a lot lately because 
uh, we're trying to convince older people to roll with serendipity too. And uh, we're doing a thing called life balance and we're trying to get people to balance their lives with structure and spontaneity. And it really is interesting that, you know, you need to be a spontaneous person or you can drive yourself crazy, as, as you just said, honey. You know, it's so easy to get upset when things don't go just like you want them to. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, well, that turned out better than I, I couldn't have planned that. It turned out better than I thought. And, yeah. you know, that happens to us every day if we're looking for it. It's just so incredible. It's like, oh, there's my chance for serendipity today. I'm going to drop what I was going to do. I'm going to do that instead. And it's going to turn out great. Well, and it's especially true with with young children because, you know, I mean, this is obvious, isn't it? You you don't you don't plan and schedule kids <clears throat> quite the way you do business appointments. You can't say, well, let's see, tomorrow at four would be convenient for me, so I'm going to go and find my little kid and we're going to go fly a kite or something. But that turns out the kid's not available and the wind's not blowing, and what you have to do is go along with whatever the kids want to do at any given moment. So I guess it's time for our official definition, Linda. So the actual definition of the word serendipity, the reason I know this is the true definition, is it was given by the the man who coined the word. There wasn't a word serendipity until uh, the mid-1800s, and then there was a guy named Horace Walpole, a writer, he was the son of a prime minister in, in England, and he he thought that there needed to be a word to express a certain thing. So he, he came up with serendipity simply because he was reading a fable set on the island of Serendip, which is the island we now call Sri Lanka off the tip of India. And he, he uh, liked this story because it was about three princes who didn't do conventional things. They 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 were pursuing one thing and they kept finding something better like they were seeking their fortune but one found love and one found truth and so on something better and he said hey we don't have a word for that in english and so i will create a word serendipity named after serendip and i will define it as a state of mind whereby a person frequently through sensitivity and awareness discovers something better than the thing which he was seeking. We love that word because it doesn't mean you're just you're just a flop out there who just sort of rolls with the punches and has no goals and has no plans. What it means is, remember the definition says, if you find something better than that which you were seeking. So a serendipitous person has a goal, has a plan, makes a list, does all the things we all have to do to keep ourselves organized, but adopts an attitude that if a serendipity comes up, if an opportunity comes up, if a child needs you or has an idea or it starts raining in Central Park or or you're just, uh, you know, looking at a sunset and it's so gorgeous, maybe you should sit there for a while and, and watch that sunset. You don't have to be locked in to that list. You can make it flexible enough to allow these serendipities to come. And believe me, with little kids, that can save you. Um, I do have to say that once I started looking, and Richard's really my teacher on this because I'm kind of a schedule person. <laughs> I'm stuck to my schedule. And if I don't get everything done on my list, I get really worried about it. I used to anyway. But now I just kind of go with the flow more. Um, we woke up this morning and um, with 
to an email from a woman who we're speaking for at a sold-out event in Detroit uh, next week, and she just realized we were going to arrive a little late. <laughs> well, two hours before the two event. Two hours before she got the very event. very nervous. <clears throat> and so um, we started doing some checking and some working and, and trying to figure it out, and actually we finally did figure it out, but there was a whole it was a whole series of serendipity events that made it so that we could get there earlier and um, do some things that we thought we couldn't do. So I guess the, the bottom line is don't feel like you have to make a choice between structure and spontaneity. Instead, adopt an attitude of both because it's having a list, having structure, having a plan it's like a track to run on, and it's it's that planning and that thinking that allows you to make a choice when something else comes up, when a child has an idea, when it starts to rain, when you're doing something that you're frustrated on and you can't seem to get it to work. Have it have the ability in your mind to say, hey, I don't have to do it the way I planned it. I can adjust because the circumstances have changed a little bit and because I want to I want to get in touch with my childlike serendipitous side. And sometimes it's because you want to get in touch with nature. Like you can't write down in your planner, watch a gorgeous sunset at six thirty because you don't know if there's gonna be a great sunset. But if there is a beautiful sunset, you can glory in it. And I'm just thinking that because as we yeah, came out of that tennis last night, yeah. oh my gosh, it was the most gorgeous sunset I've ever seen. I thought that Bear Lake had the, you know, the winning sunsets, but this was incredible and just kept getting better and better. And we had some little kids with us and, you know, the parents pointing out, look at that, look at that, look at that. I, I'm amazed at how uh, how excited our kids get about things that they see about in nature. Beauty. It's probably because we're nutty about it. Well, again, well, it's like us being more like kids, but that is a good example, Linda. We were actually late for the baseball game, and the typical sort of adult quote unquote thing to do would have been to, oh, let's hurry. We're going to miss the we're going to miss the start of the game. But why would you hurry? When there is the most unbelievable sunset you've ever seen, why not stand there for a while and watch it and let the darn game get started? And who cares if you miss the first inning? No one cares. Not me, that's no. for sure. <laughs> I'm so glad we had, to, we had to leave at the end, too, before the end, because we had to catch the uh, subway. So anyway, we just, we just want you to think a little more about serendipity this week for yourself as well as inculcating that in your kids' lives, because it really does make life and we want you to, whether you're a grandparent or a parent, think not, how can I get my kids to grow up? I mean, you have to think that sometimes, let's face it. But think a little more about how can I grow down? How can I be a child with my kids, at least periodically? How can I let their joy influence me and find the child that still exists within me? That's what our hope is for ourselves and for you. Good luck with that, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.